0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. If you haven't signed up for our Dad Tired Annual Retreat, man, I just really, really want you there. We just did a conference yesterday in St. Louis and a bunch of Dad Tired guys met each other for the first time. And just the camaraderie that happens, man, I've been in ministry 18 years, I've never seen anything like it. And so I want that for you. I want you to be able to come with other like-minded men, come hang out with other like-minded men and um, just be poured into. It's gonna be a time of rest for your soul. Your tank will be filled. You will leave a better husband, father, and disciple. And so we just really, really want you there. Uh, We have early bird pricing going on right now. And so I want you to be able to take advantage of that. Go to dadtire.com forward slash retreat, sign up, bring your friends, make the drive, fly together, whatever you got to do, but make sure you get there. Again, dadtire.com forward slash retreat. Before we dive into today's podcast, I do want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. Many of you are still considering how to pay for your family's medical needs in 2023. If that's you, it's time to take a look at Samaritan Ministries, a community of Christians across the nation who pay one another's medical bills. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing with no network restrictions. And since it's not insurance, you can join any time of the year, even today. You can learn more by going to SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash tired. When the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage, and provide for one another, burdens are lifted and God is glorified. This applies to all areas of life, including healthcare. As a Samaritan Ministries member, you have control over your healthcare, choosing the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for you and your family. Members have access to healthcare resources to keep medical bills and prescription costs low through discounts and fair pricing. There are no network restrictions. You can choose the providers that are right for your family, including alternative treatments and natural methods of care. Healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries is affordable with monthly share amounts starting at just $263 for a family of three or more. Again, to learn more about Samaritan Ministries, go to samaritanministries.org forward slash dad tired. If you've been part of the Dad Tired Ministry for a while, you probably heard about our first Dad Tired book that we released in 2019. Uh, I just had a guy at the conference yesterday tell me, that he's not really a reader. He doesn't like to read a lot, and yet he finished the dad tired book in a couple of days because it was just helpful for him and really easy to read. Probably speaks to my writing style, <laughs> but I did that on purpose. Like I just know a lot of guys either one they don't have a lot of time to sit down and read because you're trying to be a dad and a husband and work and all that stuff, or you just frankly don't like to read. And so if you're on that spectrum at all, I think that the dad tired the first dad tired books can be really helpful for you, but also. The reason I'm telling you all this is because we just we're about to release our second dad tired book, and it I wrote it with the same kind of intentionality. It's full of stories. It's full of a lot of practical stuff. That's like, okay, this is what I can I can read this today and actually implement stuff today to help me be a, a better husband, father, and disciple. We cover things like how to be intimate with your wife. How do you continue to pursue your wife? How do you be intimate with your wife when you guys just had a baby? How do you keep that intimacy alive? how do you pray with your kids? How do you find a church? How do I deal with my anger? How do I deal with my addiction? So all kind of big questions that I know a lot of us dudes are asking ourselves. And sometimes we want to know the answers to these things or talk about these things, but we just, we don't hear them in podcasts or on sermons or whatever. So I think the book is going to be helpful for you. I pray that it is. I spent a lot of time praying over it and just trying my best to be as real and authentic as I could as I wrote this What's cool is the publisher said that I can release, I just I actually just released, or I just recorded the audiobook version of the book, and uh, they said I could share a whole chapter with you. And so I picked one of the chapters that I thought would be really helpful for you right now, how to maintain intimacy with your wife, specifically like what do you do when your intimacy or your marriage account runs low? And that might not make a lot of sense right now, but as you listen to this chapter, I think it'll make a lot of sense for you and be helpful for you. So anyway... Uh, I'm going to step aside, and we'll. This is just an, uh, one of the chapters of the book. If you like it, or if you think it's helpful, would love if you'd pick up a copy. You can go to Amazon.com, order the audiobook version, the hard copy, whatever works best for you. But I love you guys. I hope this is helpful for you. Track two: Insufficient funds. How can I consistently invest in my marriage? When I was in high school, my friends and I used to have contests to see how much Taco Bell we could eat in one sitting. At lunch during our junior year, we would drive down the street to the fast food chain and order enough food to feed an entire football team. Not only did we eat more chalupas in one afternoon than a normal person should eat in an entire year, but we would somehow end the day running several miles around the soccer field for practice after school. I feel sick even as I say this. Things have definitely changed. I'm no longer having Taco Bell eating contests with my friends. In fact, if I do happen to sneak in a chalupa from time to time, I make sure to destroy all the evidence like it's a crime scene. I'm embarrassed, not proud of those dietary habits anymore. That being said, I have to admit that I tried making a run for the goods the other day while driving home from a long day of work. It was late, and I'd been in back-to-back meetings all day. I knew Layla had already eaten dinner with the kids, and I was craving a fourth meal of my own. As I pulled into the drive-thru, I simultaneously pulled up the hood of my sweatshirt. I didn't want to be seen by the neighbors of my small town. Plus, I didn't want to give away all my secrets to how I'm able to maintain this dad bod figure. While ordering, I started to have flashbacks of my high school days. Take it easy, Jared. You're not young anymore. Keep it simple, I said to myself. And I did. Despite having every desire to order half of the menu, I was disciplined enough to limit myself to one measly combo meal. Does everything look correct on your screen, sir? The teenage Taco Bell worker shouted from his headset. Yes, I whispered, trying not to draw the attention of anyone who might be walking by. Cool, that'll be $7.63 at the first window. I pulled around to the first window and handed Maddox my card. All right, I'll be honest. I have no clue if that was his name. He grabbed it without saying a word and turned to his computer to swipe the payment. He swiped it again. And again. And a fourth time. Am I buying Taco Bell for everyone in line today? I asked through a half laugh. Nah, man, your card isn't going through. Weird, try again. He swiped for the fifth time. My computer keeps saying your card is getting declined. Insufficient funds. Maddox, has anyone ever taught you how to whisper? Okay, I didn't really say that, but seriously, it felt like he was trying to make a town announcement. Now, I don't have a lot of money, but I was 99.9% sure I had $7.63 in my bank account. But Maddox didn't seem to care about that. Sorry, man, you'll have to pull out a line until you can figure out what's going on with your money. Do you know how embarrassing it is to get money advice from a 16-year-old kid from Taco Bell? I do. When your marriage account runs low. For the record, the chip in my card had malfunctioned, and I ended up having problems at multiple stores that week. But honestly, that wasn't the first time I'd experienced the embarrassment of having insufficient funds. There are very few things worse than going through that in public. My experience at Taco Bell reminded me of an interaction I had with my friend Dan a few years back. We were at church one weekend, and I suggested to him that we try to get together for a dinner that coming week. Hey man, let's grab a bite to eat and watch the playoff game on Thursday, I offered. Sounds fun. Let me talk with Sarah and see where my account is at, he said. I laughed, but he didn't. What do you mean? I asked, now confused. Well, taking a night away from the family to have dinner with you will be a withdrawal. I'll have to talk with Sarah about it. It turns out Dan had plenty of stock in his relational account to spend an evening with me watching the game that week. As we sat together, I couldn't shake the thoughts of the previous interaction from the weekend before. Dude, tell me more about this whole relational bank account you and Sarah have set up, I said as I muted the commercials. Everything we do in our relationships, especially in marriage, is either a deposit or a withdrawal. Everything you say, the decisions you make, the things you choose to spend your time on, Either they are depositing into that relational account or they are pulling from it. Too many men try to pull from an account that has run dry. They are in debt. That last line hit me. I had been married for over a decade and had never considered that I was constantly depositing or withdrawing in my relationship with Layla. Dan is a dear friend of mine. We've spent years together trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus and lead our families well. He also gives of his time to serve on our board of directors for Dad Tired, a withdrawal I don't take for granted. Since our initial conversation about relational deposits and withdrawals, I have not only had the opportunity to learn more about the concept, but also been able to watch it play out in real life. So what do relational deposits and withdrawals look like in a real marriage? Let's take a deeper look. Making relational deposits. Layla and I met in person for the first time at a Chris Tomlin concert. If there was an award for Most Christian Way to Meet Your Future Spouse, we would be nominated for sure. We were introduced online through some mutual friends and had spent a little bit of time exchanging messages, but I was absolutely blown away when I saw her in person. I was so captivated by her beauty and presence. I don't remember a single moment of that concert. Sorry, Chris. I know it sounds cliche because it is, but it only took one interaction for me to reach the conclusion that I wanted to marry this woman. She captured all my attention and affection from day one. Over the next several months, I did everything in my power— to try to impress her and sweep her off her feet. I think it's safe to say I was way more into her than she was into me at the beginning of our relationship. At the time, she had only been a Christian for a few years, and I was working full-time at a large church as a worship pastor. I got this, I thought to myself. Her love for Jesus was fresh and had a beautiful purity to it. I had been in the church world since I was a young boy and was convinced that I could be everything she wanted in a future husband. I led worship for thousands on Sunday mornings, I preached the word. I worked with high school students during the week. I could quote scripture off the top of my head and had a good Christian answer for every question that she presented. Man, Layla really hit the jackpot when she found me, I thought. As a new Christian dating a successful pastor, what more could she want in life? I was convinced our relationship was on the fast track to marriage and I couldn't have been happier. One day we were driving down the freeway and she was abnormally quiet. I could tell she had been deep in thought, but I didn't know her well enough to know what she was thinking. After what felt like an eternity, she broke the silence with these words. Jared, are you a Christian because you actually love Jesus or because you get paid to be? I felt like I had just been sucker punched in that moment. Where in the world did that thought come from? My defenses immediately went up as I felt my heart rate increase and my face start to warm. I'm not sure what you're asking, I tried to remain calm. She sat quietly, which made me feel like I had to keep talking. Of course I love Jesus. I've been leading people toward Jesus my whole life. Yeah, but have you yourself been led to him lately? At this point, I couldn't hide my anger anymore. How dare she question my relationship with Jesus? The rest of that car ride was awkward, to say the least. I dropped her off at her apartment and headed home. As I laid in bed trying to fall asleep, my anger began to subside, and the Holy Spirit started to speak to my soul. For the first time in my life, I genuinely asked myself if I really did love Jesus or if I was just playing a part. That night, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to be the kind of man that Layla was looking for. I was going to prove to her that I'm a real Christian beyond the title on my business card. In the following weeks, I tried to change everything. In the car, I played worship music. When we went out to eat, I prayed before all our meals. I slowed down on the sarcasm and the inappropriate jokes that come so naturally to a 22-year-old boy. I was on my absolute best behavior. And you know what happened? Nothing. She didn't say a word about it. And honestly, I was getting exhausted from trying to constantly be on my best behavior. I didn't feel like I was being myself. I knew that deep down, I was still just acting, playing a role to try to impress a girl. My behavior had changed, but my heart remained the same. As it turns out, Changing your behavior is exhausting. One night, I was sitting alone in the kitchen of my 500-square-foot studio apartment, and I began to pray. I don't remember thinking that I should start praying. Instead, it was almost as if my soul knew I needed to talk to God and begin pouring out to Him on my behalf. It reminds me of this verse. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27. God, I'm sorry. Those words seemed to be the only words I could repeat over and over. As these words came out of my mouth, dozens of past sins started to come to mind. I began to remember events and interactions with great detail. Specific ways I had hurt people, specific words I had said, and specific things I had done in secret. At this point, my prayers turned into sobs, and I found myself lying face down on the floor. I was weeping. I had known for a long time that I was a sinner, but I had never felt the weight of my sin. I knew that I had fallen short of God's standards, but I never took the time to stare those shortcomings in the face long enough to allow the weight of them to penetrate deep into my soul. It wasn't just that everyone sins. It was that I personally had stepped outside of God's design for humanity and was feeling the pain of it for the very first time. I began to write down all these terrible memories on a piece of paper. My tears were soaking the journal as I wrote. One page turned into three, and three turned into five. The more I wrote, the harder I cried. The weight of seeing my sin on paper was nearly overwhelming. And then, even in my unbearable shame, I felt the Lord speak to my weary soul. Jared, I can forgive and heal this. I remember thinking, if my sins can fit onto a few pieces of paper, it's probably not too big for God to fix. And just as quickly as the tears and shame had buried me, I was flooded with a deep sense of peace. My body immediately became calm. I had experienced the grace of Jesus in a way I had never experienced before. But in order to experience that kind of grace, I had to first feel the heavy weight of my sin. Amazing grace became truly amazing only after I had fully realized how much I didn't deserve it. It was that night that I believe I was truly saved. Yes, I had said the prayer a million times before that. Yes, I had been baptized as a child. And yes, I was working in full-time ministry and leading people toward Jesus. But on that night, I truly experienced the kindness of God, which led me to repentance. That was the night I was saved. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. I woke up the next morning with a different kind of energy. I called Layla first thing in the morning and asked her if we could meet for breakfast. As I shared with her my experience from the night before, I could see her eyes lighting up. She could tell something was different in me. She could see that I wasn't just repeating the words I had learned in Sunday school, but that I had truly encountered the goodness of God. We still listened to worship music on our drives, but I sang differently. We still prayed before we ate, but I prayed differently. We still talked about the things of God, but now I was speaking from experience, not from theory. Here's why I tell you all this. The greatest investment you can put into your marriage is to invest in your relationship with Jesus. I'm trying so hard not to give you cheesy, churchy platitudes, but any other advice will fall short of the power of the gospel truth. I want to give you practical ways to deposit into your marriage, and I will at the end of this chapter but I have to plead with you to first invest in your relationship with the Lord. Here's the truth. If you had the power to become everything your wife desires and needs you to be, you'd already be that guy. If you could do it on your own, you would have done it by this point in your life. You can't be everything your wife needs you to be without the Holy Spirit changing you from the inside out. And so, if you're asking me what I think you should do to start depositing into your marriage, my answer would be this. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out acts chapter 3 verse 19 put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 to 24 niv you can't fake righteousness and holiness man at least not for long it's too exhausting you need Christ to change you in ways that you are unable to change yourself. You want to love your wife really well? Love Jesus more than anything else. Face your sins head on. Feel the weight of them and then let the kindness of God lead you to repentance. It's the greatest deposit you will ever make. Say no to almost everything. Men who are being transformed by the renewing of their minds, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, start to become laser-focused on what God is calling them to do. As God begins to rid you of your old ways, you begin to find clarity on where you are trying to go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So what is the race that is set before us? Well, if you're a man of God who is trying to follow Jesus, the race is clear. We are to be disciples who look, sound, and act a whole lot like Jesus. We are to be husbands who love and pursue our wives with the same kind of love and pursuit with which Jesus chases us down. We are to be fathers who intentionally lead and raise our children to be Jesus-loving disciples sent out into the world for His glory. That's the finish line of the race for me. Whether the race ends tomorrow or 80 years from now, I want to be able to run with endurance toward that goal. I imagine if you're reading this, you probably have very similar goals. So, it begs the question, What am I running toward that isn't accomplishing that goal? In other words, where am I taking out unnecessary withdrawals? I'll be honest, I really want a boat. The other day, my best friend said to me, you know what boat stands for, don't you, Jared? No, I said, falling right into his trap. Bust out another thousand. He started laughing. Don't get a boat, man. Those things are money pits, and they end up sitting in your driveway collecting rust. He's probably right. I've heard the same advice a thousand times in a thousand different ways, but I'm stubborn. I tend to only learn lessons from making my own mistakes, and so I continue to have an envelope in my sock drawer titled Jared's Boat Fund. Every time I officiate a wedding or sell something from my garage on Facebook Marketplace, I stuff the cash into that envelope. Every extra dollar I make goes toward the goal of buying myself a little aluminum fishing boat. The other day, the faucet on our kitchen sink broke. After hours of watching YouTube videos and trying to fix the dumb thing on my own, I had to come to grips with the fact that I simply would be forced to buy a new one. It caused me a great deal of pain to pull some cash out of my boat fund and drive down to Home Depot to purchase a new faucet. Are you sure we need a new kitchen faucet? I whined to Layla. Yes, Jared, we absolutely need a kitchen faucet more than we need a boat. I disagreed, but she still seemed to have won that argument. Here's the point. Every time you make a withdrawal— you are moving away from your goal. And if you make too many unnecessary withdrawals, eventually you'll find that your account has run empty. It might be helpful to ask yourself right now, what's the balance of my relational account with my wife? When was the last time you made a deposit into that account? When was the last time you made a withdrawal? Sometimes withdrawals are necessary, like when you need a new kitchen faucet. You may be asked to put overtime on a project that needs to get done at work, or maybe a family member falls seriously ill and you need to spend more time with them than you normally would. These are all necessary withdrawals, but remember, they are withdrawals nonetheless. Some withdrawals, however, are completely unnecessary and can be fully avoided. Like when I take money out of my boat fund to buy two packs of Oreos at the grocery store, or when I go to get the oil changed in our minivan and come back with a puppy. An unnecessary withdrawal in your marriage might look like watching another game with the guys when your wife could use a date night, or spending money on a new toy or hobby when your wife asked you to save money. It might look like spending too much time on work, or sports, or video games, or whatever seems to be capturing your attention these days. These withdrawals may seem small and without consequence, but spending a dollar here and a dollar there may lead to you one day going to make a purchase and having nothing left in your account. I can't tell you the amount of DMs I've received from guys on Instagram telling me that their wife left them or brought up divorce completely out of the blue. I seriously didn't see this coming. I've heard that on multiple occasions over the years. I know that everyone's story is unique, but for the most part, my guess would be that these men had spent their marriages making small withdrawals without ever realizing that their account was getting dangerously low. Brother, your wife may not up and leave you out of the blue, but I can assure you that some guys don't have a clue as to how dangerously low their marriage account balance is. Don't wait until you get declined for having insufficient funds before you do something about it. Say no to almost everything. Seriously. When your friends ask you to hang out again, it may be time to say no. When your boss asks you to take on that extra project, maybe say no. When everything inside of you is screaming to veg out and watch TV all day, say no. Saying yes and taking out a withdrawal takes you one step away from reaching your goal. May we be men who repent of our sins, who seek Jesus with every ounce of our being, men who boldly ask God to show us where we need to grow and then allow His Holy Spirit to transform us, men who don't live busy lives and say yes to everything, but instead say yes to the things that matter. May we be men who are not rich with earthly treasure, but can hold our heads high, knowing our relational accounts are abundantly full and never at risk of running empty. 10. Date Night Deposit Ideas Finding time to date my wife became a lot harder after having a kid. Add three more kids to the mix, and it can feel nearly impossible. Fortunately, we have some grandmas in our life who love to watch our children, but I know this isn't the reality for everyone. I've heard of some couples who do monthly date night trades with their friends. This might look like you watching your friend's kids once a month so they can go on a date and then they do the same for you on another day of the month. We've utilized this in the past and it was a huge win for both couples and the kids get to have play dates with their friends twice a month. Another option would be to hire a babysitter once a month. I know this can add up quickly, so you may need to look at your budget and reflect on actual financial withdrawals that aren't getting you closer to your eternal goals. Dating your wife may require you to sacrifice the video streaming service the extra lattes, or some other unnecessary goodies each month. As a rule of thumb, Layla and I try to block off date nights on our anniversary date of each month. Our wedding anniversary is January 30th, so we block off and protect the 30th of each month to connect with each other on a date. As a side note, when we had only two children, we tried to date weekly. This just isn't the reality anymore. So now we work to have one date out of the house each month while trying to find intentional ways to connect daily or weekly at home, usually over a cup of coffee. Dating your spouse doesn't have to be extravagant or expensive, but it does have to be intentional. Here are 10 cheap ways you can make a date night deposit. Number one, go to the library or used bookstore and search for one book that would interest your spouse. Number two, go on a long walk around the neighborhood, regardless of the weather. The crazier the weather, the more fun it will be. Layla and I once went on a long walk in the middle of a storm and laughed our heads off as our umbrella completely broke apart and flew out of my hands. Number three, go to a local theater performance put on by the city or local high school. Number four, go garage sale hunting. Give yourself $10 to find the funniest or most clever gift for your spouse. Number five, learn a new board game together. Number six, walk around your local pet store without making an impulsive financial withdrawal. Number seven, bake a wedding cake together and then look through your wedding album as you eat it. Number eight, take a class to learn something new to the both of you, such as art, cooking, or dance. Number nine, find a nearby arcade and see how many tickets you can collect. Number ten, put the kids to bed, pop some popcorn, light some candles, and find a show that you both used to watch as kids. Questions to consider. Number one, what are some consistent relational deposits in your marriage? Number two, What are things that cause relational withdrawals in your marriage? Number three, what are you currently saying yes to each week or each month that you could start saying no to? Hey guys, again, I hope that episode was helpful for you as you think through how to continue to invest into your marriage. You can pre order a copy of the Dad Tired book on Amazon or wherever books are sold. But once you do, take your order confirmation number, go back to Dad Tired, find the mixtape page click in that number or enter in that number and we will send you three free bonus episodes that you cannot find anywhere else. Again, I hope this was helpful for you. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Later.